Coming up on George Bulldogs by the Numbers, Brent Rollins and I will cover the Arkansas Massacre. We'll talk about why Georgia's fans were elite. They did something with 93,000 that Penn State couldn't do with 109,000. Of course, we'll talk about the defense. The numbers are off the charts. The offense, are you okay with it? It wasn't as sexy as you would like to have seen, probably. But if you're like me, I'll take the dub. All next on Georgia Bulldogs by the Numbers. Welcome to Bulldogs by the Numbers. My name is Tug Coward along with Brent Rollins from UGASports.com and Pro Football Focus College. If you want to follow either of us, you can find me at Tug Coward. Find Brent at Brent Rollins, Ph.D., because he is a doctor of football. And uh, that's why we do this, this Bulldogs podcast. I'm a fan, and he is actually a professor in Athens. So, it, it, like, the Ph.D. thing is real. He is a it is real. Uh, but, it is actually real. And, yes, but I it's did, I do have one of those. <laughs> right, but but in many more ways than just the one that in the field that you work, you're also a doctor of football and a football coach and and a, and a great dad and uh, and a good friend. So let's start out with something that I heard on um, the broadcast, and it was Holly Rose. She was on the sidelines, and this was early on in the game. It was probably after the first uh, the first series because Georgia goes down and scores first. Uh, I think it was uh, was it seven plays, seventy five drop, seventy five yards, something like that. Very just down the field, very methodical. Did what they wanted to do. That's yep. exactly right. So then, when Arkansas gets their first series underway, they have two false starts in the first. You know, before they could even snap the ball, they have two false starts. And Holly Rose on the sidelines, they toss down to her, Herb Street, and um, and uh, Fowler. Well, uh, yeah, Chris and, Fowler and Chris Fowler, right? Um. They're talking to Holly Rowe, and she says, I was at the whiteout game, Penn State and Auburn, 109,000 people, and they hit 105 decibels on the sideline. She said, it's much louder down here today. They've already hit 110 decibels with 93,000 people. That is an elite fan base showing up at the request of the head coach, Kirby Smart. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. You know, the, the Pied Piper asks, and everybody else follows along. Buddy. I mean, he asked, and they, right. the fans showed out big time. And it's, I've, I, unfortunately, with, you know, the work that I do, I haven't been to a ton of games in my lifetime. Uh, and even when I've gone, it's felt sometimes very Atlanta Bravesy. Yeah, where it's very, it just a, a very, when needed, the yeah. got loud, but for the most part, it's, you know, hey, it's, it's kinda, very, kind of, very chill crowd. Yes, chill is probably is a good word, but that's changing. It and is rapidly. The atmosphere that's been created there and what's gone on. I mean, the athletic director, Josh Brooks, has done a lot of things to 
the fan for the fan experience, all the things and the, the team itself and the the home game schedule. I think it started with Notre Dame. That really, yeah, I was there for that, that one. atmosphere and how important it became and how much all the coaches and the re and the recruits and all that referenced that. I think now that that the crowd and the people that are involved with Georgia football realize how much they can make a difference, and they made Arkansas straight up wet the bed. Yeah, they did. Like it, they you know there was there was some some wet spots in the in the pants of the Arkansas uh, offensive line. I mean, which is something you work you know you, the defensive line is going to move every every coach in America that plays against Georgia. Hey, they're going to jump and move right before the snap. Please be still. Don't jump. Mm -hmm. And it still happens <laughs> once, twice. I mean, yeah. they had, I think they had double-digit penalties. It was just a, I mean, miscue after miscue for them. But the crowd was beyond elite. That is very true. Yeah, it was so incredible to see. I uh, I was there at that, that Notre Dame game, and th it was like nothing I'd ever seen or heard before in my life because that was the first game with the new light system, too. Yes. And, and it was just a difference maker. When that fourth quarter let, man, I was – I, it was almost like being in a movie or something. And and it's so interesting because th this Georgia team, I, I've i never had the confidence that I have as a fan in this team. Like, I don't feel like you're going to have a letdown. I don't feel like you're going into a game and not prepared. That's the first time, though, and Kirby's done some incredible things. Coach Smart has, been, has done some incredible things. But this is the first year that I've ever felt like, oh, my gosh. This is a different team. This is an elite team on every aspect of the football game. It very much is, and especially defensively. Obviously, the, the numbers are beyond sickening in terms of what they're doing defensively now. I mean, when you look at from just a PFF standpoint, they're number one in team overall defensive grade. They're number one in tackling grade, number one in coverage grade, number two in pass rush grade, number five in run defense grade, team grades. And if it wasn't for like some some stuff with UAB where they were had some running success, that would be they would be up there with that as well, because that factors in every play. That's not just factoring in you know the first half or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's just astounding what they're doing defensively, and, and like you said, the elite nature and just the confidence factor that that defense is so clear. Uh, it's it's there, and it's I think. This game, I thought Arkansas would be able to hit a deep shot or two. Me too. And I thought with the quarterback run game and, and the way they use it, I thought they would be able to, you know, at least get first downs. And, you know, only in a certain situations or third and long would, would Georgia then force them off the field. But they had no shot. And that to me, like, it just was utterly clear to me that this team and this defense is going to have to be beaten by an elite-level quarterback and efficient passing game with the QB running game mixed in. It's not happening the other way around. You're not – and the thing – the beautiful part for, for a Georgia fan's perspective, that's not on your regular season schedule. And no, it might not be on not. – it might not exist in college football this year. I got to tell you, man, it does feel that way. And and I watched Alabama play um, – I watched them play Ole Miss, and you had the bonehead move by the Ole Miss head coach, Lane Kiffin, whom I like, but – he, the, the get your popcorn, throw down your headphones, and look like you look like a goon to start the game, and then you finish the game because your team made you look like a bunch of goons. Yes, and it was a, it was an interesting game in terms of how they called it, and they went for a lot of fourth downs, which I actually liked. Uh, and but still, yet that like if you look at teams to me that across the country, hey, who could consistently have offense, could have consistent offense against Georgia's defense? I think there's only two. And Alabama is one of them, obviously, because obviously. they're Alabama. Because and because I think Bryce Young is going to keep getting better. Sure, 
but also the Ohio state is the only other one to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that they're that level from an offensive line standpoint, but their QB is also going to keep getting better. And they're so good on the outside of the receiver position that, that, and you know, talented running backs that they have the uh, outside of those two, I just, I don't see anyone in America having consistent offense against this defense. Yeah. I look, I agree with, and I feel that confidence. Like I've never felt that way before as a fan. And I feel that confidence. I see it. I forget which Georgia defensive player, Said it doesn't matter if we're playing the New England Patriots. They ain't getting in our oh, zone. Nolan Smith. Yeah, Nolan Smith said it was so. I just saw the meme. Thought it was great. Uh, it, and then but, the running back from Arkansas, get, you know, did a little thing on Twitter. Yeah. And then Kirby's kid, Boogie. Yeah. Andrew Andrews is real name. Everybody calls yeah. him Boogie, but yeah. Boogie even had the sign. You know what's funny? Like you know, so <laughs> it was a thing. It, it was, was definitely a thing. It, yeah, absolutely. You know, and and so before we get back to defense, because you brought up quarterbacks, and I do think that's a good point is that you did all this with your backup quarterback, which is awesome. I mean, that is incredible. He did exactly what he wanted to do. And we're going to get into offense more but uh, uh, in a few minutes. But I wanted to ask you this question. Because George has done everything to, to a T, and when JT has played, he's played exceptionally well. There's no doubt about it. But is that the one Achilles heel that Georgia, that they're going to have where you have the other two quarterbacks at, at Ohio State and then, of course, Bryce Young at Alabama – continuing to get better each week and your quarterback's situation is a little up in the air is that going to be something that pops up and rears its ugly head later in the season you think possibly but the the difference there is is that you don't have you're not going to go play against a mac jones that's throwing at an accuracy level that has never before been seen you don't have burrow throwing to gazillion nfl options yeah you don't have Trevor Lawrence with, you know, all the NFL options that they've had in the past. Like, I just don't know that that like Alabama to me is, is very good offensively, very efficient, but I don't think they're as explosive. There's nowhere near like they, you just took four first round picks off of their wide receiver. group. Yeah. How could they be? But right? I will say this about the, the Georgia quarterback situation is two things. One is I don't think you have a backup. I think you have two starters. Okay. Well, that's a fair point. I, I do believe that. And I think, you know, if you look at what Stetson's done over his time playing in the game, he's played well. No matter, I mean, other than throwing the ball to the other team a little bit, a couple times, in certain situations, and, and, and almost had it happen one more time against Arkansas. Yes, exactly. You know, other than that, he's played exceptionally well, and they use him in the running game. And that was, I think, that was the thing that was. I wish I would have pointed out after the game because I had this thought, but and what made me think this was when Stetson said, "Hey, I knew this. I was going to be on the start, the starter on Monday." They, you could like that game plan was a especially those first couple drives was we've been working on this all week knowing that this guy was going to be our quarterback game plan, and there's some elements to him being involved in the running game and some of the things they did differently from a schematic standpoint in the run game that they just haven't used with JT, and it's that those two elements you have two starters you can play very sort of multiple with those guys whoever's on the field I think you got to feel very confident now I will say the you know you took you definitely took the foot off the gas pedal yeah you did very much so and i think when you know you pointed out stetson uh putting that ball in harm's way i think that was sort of the line of demarcation where right kirby's probably on the on the on the headset hey lock it down on us unless we give them the ball lock it Stop. down lock it down yeah look i i can totally see it absolutely and that's the only thing i think that's the reason i asked the question because you're right 
you you do have a very competent quarterback with Stetson Bennett. I love his story. I love his dedication to the program. There's so many things to like about it. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll continue with that in a few minutes. You still got to get JT healthy. You do. You got to get him healthy. One hundred percent. Got it. And and what he's been dealing with, like he's missed games because of an oblique and a lat, like you know, those that sounds very hamstringy. The hamstring of the quarterback kind of mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. where it's might linger. Yeah. So you got to get him healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, look, it, it it'll be great when you do, uh, and uh, and I believe that'll eventually happen. But uh, until then, I do feel okay with Stetson in the in the driver's seat. But I want to go back to to defense. We were talking about the the way that Georgia just hunkered down, and if you recall, they only allowed nine first downs, and it was only four last week. Nine and f- what? That that is absolutely insane. How can 13 first downs in two games versus SEC opponents? I grant it, Vandy is, is is Vandy, but Arkansas was the number eight team in the nation. It's it's twofold to me. That's what's happened with this defense. One is you've gotten competent secondary play. Like you don't have a minus there. All five guys now actually graded in the you know mid to upper 70s or, or better. So, but the second part is Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt, both of them coming back. Like the, the talk before the week was all about the super seniors that and how experienced Arkansas was. Well, Devontae Wyatt is that, is that for Georgia. He's that super senior. And he just had the highest single game grade of his career. He had, you know, two, two sacks, which we don't count half sacks at PFF. So, we, you know, it's two sacks. He's had three sacks in three seasons. Yeah. So his level, his sort of jump, and his, he's always been able to get pressure on the quarterback, but now doing that. And then Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis right now is destroying his career best in pass rush grade. He's finally being someone who's effective as a pass rusher. And with those two guys, their their ability to play run defense with those two guys and commit less resources to the box. You know, you can put six in the box and feel very, very confident about where you are in the run game. Those those All that stuff combined, you have an elite, just an elite beyond elite level defense. And the pass rush is the big thing for me. Like it's, they've all taken a big time leap in that area. Yeah. And Wyatt specifically with six tackles. I mean, that's, that's man, incredible. And the, the funny thing was, is when the ball was, I think Georgia was on, it may, it may have been their, um, their second trip down. Zamir White scores the touchdown, but uh, they brought Jordan Davis in. They were going to stick him in. Jalen Carter. Right, right. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Sam Pittman's like, hang on, hang on. I, I don't know what this is. Hang time on. Out. Time, out, time out, time out, time out. That's right. It didn't matter. Color. It did not matter, but it was just funny to no. see those guys out there. I love that. And and those and when you watch like this defense, and we've talked about this before, but Jalen Carter and Keely Ringo, those are the two guys that have top ten pick potential. And Carter's just playing on a whole other level every every time he's out there. The other player to me that has just completely taken a leap forward, when you look – especially both from a grading perspective and just what you see on the field, obviously, is, is N'Kobe Dean. Like him as a pass rusher now, we, we talked about it being Roquan-esque. It's borderline better than Roquan now in terms of his ability as a pass rusher. He's second in the country in pass rush grade is for linebackers. He has eight pressures, four sacks on just 32 pass rush snaps. Like he's – like they're – it's – you know, we could go numbers all day long, but this, this one I, I found today. I was looking and just kind of saw – they have 14 players. They're 14 sort of primary contributors that have a 73.7, which, by the way, in our system at PFF, 73.7 is above average starter. Mm-hmm. Like you're starting, you know, you're starting, hey, that's a starter and above average starter level play. You get into the mid to upper 70s, you're talking about 
high level play, 80s and 90s elite play. They have 14 guys that play significant snaps for them above 73.7. The entirety of the SEC, the remaining 13 mm-hmm. teams, mm-hmm. have 46. Wow. 45, I think. So they have of, of the almost 60 players that have that grade or higher in the SEC, Georgia has 25% of them on one defense. Goodness gracious. That's and that's probably why it's unreal. They're only allowing 4.6 points per game. Could be could yes. be some of them. And, and, and then you got the sticklers out there that, hey, just uh it's it's three point something if you take away the pick six that UAB got. Right, exactly. Which which look, I admire. I don't mind that. I don't mind no, people are like, well, it. hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Let's let's drill yes. down as to see let's, why that is. Yes, exactly. I, I love that. No, it's great. Um anything else you want to cover on the defense? Uh no, I think that I think we pretty much hit everything. All right. I, so I mean the other thing would be like Trey Burks. Like we thought we were worried about you worry about Trey Burks a little bit getting deep for Arkansas, that who is one of the best receivers in the conference nation whatever you want to term it but he had three catches for 10 yards he had, yeah. he had no chance to get the ball well that and, and your mobile quarterback that we had you know we had been worried about because he doesn't look like a quarterback looks like a linebacker you know i mean he's, he's physical he, he is a physical guy and literally got benched they were like yeah let's let's let's, let's see what else there. let's see what else we got let's see if we can do i mean because he's not doing anything might as well try something different it was it was uh yep surprising to see moving over to the offense you asked me before we started was I okay with the way the offense looked and if you mean by the fact that they were running like 6.6 yards per carry and they they continually they looked like they were in the driver's seat every second of the entire game then absolutely was it the sexiest thing I've ever seen in my life no definitely not but there was not one moment in the game that I felt nervous or felt like there was a chance that we could slip up or anything, stub your toe. There was never a moment in the game. So, I sexy, not sexy, I don't care because what I like to see is win. That's all I care. Yes, and that's and I think when early in the game you saw combo, RPO game, play action game, yep. Stetson putting the ball in the air, and then once the punt block happened and it's 21 nothing, and you're just really – putting your foot on throat kind mm-hmm. of deal. Mm-hmm. And you see that, look, they're not going to score on us. They're not going to, unless we give them the ball in, inside our own territory, they're just not going to do anything. Once you see those things, there was probably an element of, all right, folks, let's, let's throttle down a little bit. And then Stetson throws the almost pick yeah. the ball that should have been picked off. There was definitely that, but you know, it's also a thing of, Hey, we've been getting out to these leads, throwing the ball, at least the last few weeks. Thus, hey, let's get some more running running game reps. And you just we know we're winning this game. Let's just put it on tape and see what we see how we can get better in that element of, aspect of our game. Like you went back and you got now we'll say it was definitely a physically dominating performance, but it wasn't as much when you look both at the data and then rewatch uh, the film that maybe you would think because the backs actually got fifty six percent of their yards after contact. So it was a lot of the backs doing work as much as it was the offensive line doing work. Uh, and each back had over 30 yards after contact. You got James Cook and Kendall Milton both had career high in numbers of carries. Uh, Kenny Mack, that was the second most carries he's ever had. He had 10. Like, I think he had 11 against Missouri last year. So, you know, you got those guys that, you know, hey, have to split time, all you know, five, six carries here and there. You've got them all reps. Boy, no it's kidding. a game that you can go do that. 
Yeah. So, no, it was great. All right, go for it. Yeah, you had, go for it. You had uh, Kendall Milton with his first touchdown. Zamir White had three touchdowns. I mean, th- that's what I'm saying. They just kept rotating, and there was not a sign of fatigue. And let me tell you, James Cook, man, if he ever gets to the edge, he is gone like a freight train, gone like yesterday. <laughs> and that's and with him, he's that he has that next level. He's the one like if you look at among the backs, I think he's the one that you know can take it. 70. Now, Zamir did last year the opening play against Florida, but that was one that was more of a there's nobody home as opposed to him doing the work on his own. Uh, but Cook is definitely that threat. But the thing that impressed me most about Cook on Saturday was his ability to get yards after contact. Mm-hmm. More often than not in his career, he's been a hey, one hit and down. Now, maybe I make you miss, but if you get on, you know, if you tackle me or hit me in some way, I'm down. That wasn't the case on Saturday. He almost set a career high in terms of yards after contact. Why? What do you think the difference was? Do you think the defense on that on on the Arkansas side was just much softer than than we've played, or what? What? I, what brings that out? No, I think it's just him getting better. Okay, I love that getting better, but especially between the tackles. Like if you look at even just from game one and two to now, all of the backs from a patient standpoint, from a just seeing holes, that kind of thing, it's getting better every single week. Yeah, um, there's there's no question about it. And my boy, Lad McConkey, just because he's from up my neck of the woods, uh, uh, he's North Murray High, Iowa, Southeast Whitfield, but uh, they're, I mean, they're right next to each other. Dalton and Chatsworth are right next to each other where, where both of us are from. And my man had three receptions in a game that they didn't even throw the ball that much. No, and he, like we said last week, Lad is legit. Yeah. The interesting thing is, you know, that's now, by the way, two weeks, three weeks that Kyrus has returned punts, at least three, and also played some at receiver. Lad's still playing a lot. Like, Kyrus hasn't taken those snaps from him. He's basically saying, I'm taking over this role in the slot. You're just now, you are a part of it as opposed to me just holding the spot until you get healthy. Yeah. That's saying a lot. He's earned and. I think he, he had the highest run block grade wow. on the team uh, this past weekend. Uh, I mean, on Cook's, like, you know, one of Cook's bigger runs, he's uh, outside doing work against the DB. I mean, he's just – he's playing super, super well. Very detailed, speed. I love it. I love seeing it. I'm a little biased. He's a guy. I'm a little biased. He's a dude, yeah. He's, I'm a little biased because he's from up my neck of the woods. So, I, I'm a little biased, but I love seeing it. It was really, really incredible to do or, or to see. You know, and, and I don't know that, that this matters or not. I don't know if we talked about it a little earlier in the fact that uh, Georgia with penalties, I mean, they did, They had very, very few penalties. I think Arkansas had like 13 for yes. uh, for over 100 yards. Georgia just, I mean, they were they played such disciplined football. And it's it's a hallmark, I think, of, of the Kirby Smart era. I went back and looked, and there was one play where there was, I think, two or three missed tackles, just a swing pass over near Arkansas sideline that a couple missed pa- missed tackles guy got a you know 12 yard gain just on a check down and that's just something you rarely ever see is multiple missed tackles especially on one play I went back and looked they haven't had double digit missed tackles since Kentucky and I think that's the only time in the last three years they've had double digit missed tackles it's just mm-hmm. it's they're so fundamentally sound and when you watch teams like for me I also write and watch uh, write for the Miami website Good gosh, they're the worst, one of the worst tackling teams in America every year. Wow. No matter, it, it relentlessly one of the worst tackling, tackling teams in America. And just the fundamentals that Georgia plays with, especially obviously on the defensive side of the ball, 
it's phenomenal. I love it. I love seeing it. Uh, again, there's not a, ch- this is the first time in my, in my adult life that I remember not feeling like there's a chance that George is going to slip up. They're not going to stub their toe. And I, this is the first time that I felt that way. And I feel confident saying we're winning this game. We were driving back. We we went out to like Total Wine to get you know a couple uh, cocktails and drinks for some folks who were going to join us a little later, like halftime. Just wanted to have you know have that on hand for for our guests. And my wife Laura says to me, she's like, "How do you feel?" And I was like, "We win by two touchdowns." You know, and then I said, "She was like, really? You think so?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do." You know, and then we heard you know it it was on the the Georgia broadcast. Because we hadn't made it home, we made it home to see the snap on television, the the, the opening, you know, uh, kick of the game. But I wasn't sure if we were going to, so we're listening to the radio as we're driving up to the to the house, and they say Stetson is in and JT is out, and I was like, "Hmm, does that change the way I feel about the game?" And the answer was really no. I didn't. Okay. Well, you had this discussion. I was like, I think it's okay. I think Stetson is going to be able to handle everything he's asked to handle, or he wouldn't be out there. Yep. I think you have a clear starter. JT is the clear starter, and he's when he's healthy, he's going to play. But you have two starting quarterbacks, and that's yeah. that's a that's a luxury and a you know from a when you look at the standpoint of the quarterback rooms uh, within these upper echelon teams or playoff type contention teams, like even Alabama. After Bryce Young, who knows? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah I don't know that they Ohio know. Ohio State, if Shroud stinks and yeah. Andor gets hurt at Ohio State, like, who knows? You know, it's it's Quinn, it's, you know, NIL guy that just yeah. showed up on campus a little bit ago. I mean, there's there's not a better quarterback room in America to me. Yeah, no, you, you look solid as a rock. Um, speaking of that, do you think there's going to be any, I don't know, do you think you'll lose a – you know, uh, a back or a Gunner Stockton, because then you got, you know, you got a, you got another kid coming in that's a five star from up uh, up in the up in North Georgia, and his name escapes me right this second. He's incredible. Yes, Gunner Stockton will be is he's he's coming in as a twenty. Okay, so no, so who's who's the ba- who's behind Brock, Brock, Brock Vander? Sorry about that. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, getting getting all my my Georgia potential five star quarterbacks all mixed up. So yeah, <laughs> Gunner coming in. And do you have? Do you worry Beck about is the one? Beck is the one who you think that may be a candidate to to leave. But at this point, it doesn't matter. No, it it doesn't. It doesn't. But I mean, you know, it's one it's of the things. Happen. Yeah, it's got to happen, and that's the thing. You got to you got to be able to willing to let them fly. There's, I, I would venture to say, this like folks better enjoy this iteration of the Georgia football team because it doesn't happen many it's times. Look that and it's just going to look completely different up and down the roster up and down the coaching staff I, I think that next year is going to be completely different so enjoy the ride while it's here oh my goodness i don't like the way that sounds at all not even a little bit um why do you think beck's the guy that might leave versus uh versus uh why am i drawing a blank on his name again brock um, brock vandergriff goodness gracious uh just time this is brock's first year there beck's been there this is now two years for him yeah if he's not if he's not cracking the lineup and or, you know if he doesn't maybe you know JT leaves who knows I mean Stetson could technically I think come back but you know so who knows in terms of that but if he's not cracking the lineup or, or the starter in the spring something like that he, maybe who knows yeah yeah hey hopefully, hopefully you as a fan are figuring that out as you celebrate your uh, off season 
Natty or something like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's exactly. Buddy, let me tell you, you will never see somebody celebrate like you'll see me celebrate if that were to happen. I mean, but hey, we're getting our set ahead of ourselves, right? We're just going to enjoy this football season. We got all, you got Auburn. You got Auburn this week at Auburn. I don't call him Auburn. So I call him Auburn. Oh, okay. Auburn <laughs> and Abalama. At the War Eagle people. That's right. And, you know that that so you know, they're going they're going to feel good about themselves. They just went and got a road victory. How you good know, can got, you feel, really? I mean, hey, road victory in the SEC. I know, I know. They got they got their Georgia State out of the way. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. you know. So again, you know, you get short of you giving the team the other ball multiple occasions inside their your own territory. I just I don't see consistent offense happening against this defense. No, nah, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. Let's switch to uh, special teams because you had a big punt block, a, a kid with an incredible story, Dan Jackson, and that's the you know when you see a story like that as a, as a walk on and to contribute in such an important game that was I mean two top ten teams. I mean yeah, I mean it was an incredible game to be noon. Incredible fanfare. It was. I mean, it was a picture-perfect game, and then you add that element in there, and yep. it makes it that much sweeter. Two straight years you blocked a punt against Arkansas. Last year, Zamir blocked it, I think. Mm-hmm. This year, he recovered recovered the touchdown and recovered mm-hmm. it for the touchdown. Uh, it's just that that's, again, that's another element of when you think about, hey, is a team ready for prime, t- prime time? And, and are you legit ready for the, the best of the best? You're not committing penalties. You're not turning the ball over. You're not having special teams gaff after special teams gaff. Like Arkansas did all those things. Yeah, they did. They so, looked, they, you know, looked... they, they they had a little bit of dose of reality. And hey, we're not necessarily ready for prime time just yet. You're exactly hot pod with uh, old three for three had a forty sixer. You know, um, another element of special teams that just continues to be consistent. Yep, you've gotten over those few, few misses early in the season. Mm-hmm. And now moving right on. Yeah, gotten back to normal there. Absolutely. Um, is there anything um, we've left out? I mean, we know offense means more. I mean, that's been well, your slogan yes, for a long time. It has, and this is one of those things where this year in college football, and that's I think there's a bigger trend to look at there because of what the transfer portal has done and then what NIL will do in the future. Do we have a little more redistribution of the five-star worlds? And, you know, you have the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world that still, and, you know, Ohio States that still get the majority of those guys, but – do you get some greater redistribution of five stars and the portal filling holes? So you just have a lot of really good everywhere mm-hmm. and you don't have these just head and shoulders above everybody else. I, I know uh, I was told uh, Pollock, like one of the best points he's ever made, I think <laughs> on game day this past weekend and talking yeah. about uh, Dabo is reluctancy to, you know, to recruit to the portal, dive into the portal, how you had 20 guys gone and everybody, nobody coming in. I think was the numbers he had, but you know, that's, it's the evolution of college football. You, you've got to, you know, the, the hey, top you, teams like Alabama and Georgia pick one or two. These other teams are filling a lot of holes like Auburn. I mean, like Florida, Florida's defensive line, they filled a lot of holes with the portal on their defensive line. Some other teams, you know, Tennessee quarterback, like, so, you know, you're filling those holes and getting sort of solid teams everywhere and causing a little more uncertainty, but it's definitely one where you, you just don't see the elite quarterback play. You could probably throw Oklahoma. Maybe they're going to figure out, get their, you know, kind of head or their hind end and figure out themselves and get back to their normal Oklahoma self. But outside of, to me, outside of Ohio State and Alabama, the, the offenses just aren't 
there, at least not there to do things defensively against do things against Georgia's defense. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I think I think that's well spoken. And then if you look at the the lines, offensive defensive line too with with Clemson, there seems to be some question marks there as well, and that's been their calling card for the last several years. Yep, they're they're in struggle bus mode beyond yeah, no doubt about it right now. No doubt about it. But all right, so a buddy of mine who is uh, his both his parents graduated from Cincinnati. He he graduated from Miami of Ohio, but he texted me. He was like, "Oh yeah, Alabama, Georgia," and he was like, "My Cincinnati Bearcats." I'm like, "Okay, all right, yeah, they're a great team." You think right now, if you had to ask ask me to pick who will be the the top the four in the playoff, mm-hmm. it would be Georgia, Alabama. Ohio State, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, and either Ohio State or Oklahoma. Okay, because I I, th- I tend to think Ohio State's going to right the ship and be okay and, and win the Big Ten and, and maybe finish with that one loss to Oregon. Now, if Oregon finishes with one loss, but I don't think they're going to. Uh, so you know, I, I think I still think it's either Ohio State or Oklahoma, and then I, I think Cincinnati is going to get that shot. This this is the year. If it's not this year, then it's never going to happen because they've gone on the road and won the games they needed to win. Yeah. And I like the team if, as long as they went out and they have NFL guys mm-hmm. like Ritter Ritter's an NFL quarterback at something, you know, maybe not a high draft pick, but he's an NFL guy and there's their defense is littered with NFL guys. So, you know, if, the, if there's ever going to be a year, this is the year, but and you Brent, might get a Georgia Cincinnati rematch. Right. Absolutely. But with this defense, I just don't know that, uh, that Cincinnati is going to have the horses. Yeah. That, but that's my point. He was giving me yeah. the whole since he can compete with Georgia, oh. Alabama. And I was like, buddy, let's slow down just a little bit. Colin Wheat, I'm talking about you if you're listening. It's slowed. <laughs> just slowed. Slow your roll there, Hoss. Yeah. I mean, look, and yeah. I like Cincinnati. I think they're a great team. But I don't know that they compete with they, they'd Georgia. They'd have to Alabama. win a you know, 20 to 17 kind of game. They'd have yeah. to win that kind of game. Get yeah. some turnovers, things like that. Mm-mm, and and we talked about discipline. We talked about the defense. We talked about the offense. We, I mean, there's just not a lot of opportunity for a team like Cincinnati to create any of that stuff that they'll need to win a game. Are, are there flukes that happen? Absolutely, but this is not a year for Georgia and a fluke. I just don't feel like that that is one of those things that could happen. You're, you, you, from the fan perspective, is is amazing me right now. By the way, <laughs> well, just, dude, your your con- your confidence level all time high. Um, it is, and I'm but I'm telling you, it's never been like this before. And look, and maybe and look, I'll probably get slapped and at some point and have to uh, eat my words. You know, <laughs> well, I will say me, my, like my dad's is like 44th year of coaching high school football. It, 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 the coach background is always sure in my head that, Hey, they can do this maybe a little bit. They can do this. This scares me just well, a but, little bit. But what are those I things think that way? What are the things that those, those, this, and that's, I think it's, well, for me, it's, it's one, are you elite on the outside? Do you have a big time receiver? We don't right no. now. Well, not in, in terms of other teams. Against this defense. Oh, gotcha. I thought well, yeah. about Georgia don't have a big time receiver yeah. either. I mean, Lad's been incredible, but I'm just saying a big time hoss yes. guy. And that might, you know, so that's why I like Ohio State. Ohio State has legit dudes on the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alabama, like Jamison Williams is and Billingsley, those guys are playmakers for, for Alabama. That's why they're, but outside of that, can you just be efficient, especially in the 10 to 25 yard range as a quarterback? Not necessarily just deep shot here, there. That that too much is a coin flip play. But if you're efficient and you're high, you know, highly accurate in that intermediate route, much like Joe Burrow was uh, in 2019, like that's the thing that's going to hurt this defense. And I just don't think that exists right now. Anything that I left out? Is there anything that we needed to get uh, in? Well, one quick shout out uh, to a listener of the podcast that I sent you, uh, yeah. Mr. Uh, Mr. Wade. Uh, 
hit a DM up on Twitter asking for some sort of like just some notes uh, show sheet in a way a notes thing. So, uh, Mr. Wade, I am going to uh, try to oblige and put a lot of these things that we talk about on the podcast in a notes form, and I'll tweet it out and. We'll, we'll go from there. We'll just get it retweeted. Spreading the word and subscribe and yes, and, and do all that kind of stuff. Follow and share and uh, and go dogs. That's uh, at the end of the day. That's what we want to hear right there. Is uh, out of you, Mr. Wade. Is just a big old go dogs. Sick them and uh, and have the best day ever. Thank you so much for uh, lending an ear and 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 liking the podcast and and being so interactive. We appreciate you, sir. Um, want to encourage you if you want some of this type of information though that that Brent always provides. Subscribe to ugasports.com. It is like uh, $99 a year, and it is the... Uh, it's like a promo code right now. First year is like 50% off, I think, or something. Oh, like even that. better. All right, then. So there you go. Yeah, make sure you subscribe because you get the the work from from Brent and, and his other colleagues there at ugasports.com, which, which is incredible. You will be the encyclopedia of your Georgia fans, or Georgia friends. Fan friends, however you'd say that. There you go. You know what I mean. <laughs> you can also do it at, uh, at Pro Football Focus, PFF College, and uh, subscribe there. Get some great work. And uh, that one's what, buck thirty, something like that. There you go. So uh, right about there. Yeah. So get on there, subscribe, be the most informed, and uh, we'll try to be uh, make you the most entertained here on George Bulldogs by the numbers for Brent Rollins. I'm Todd Coward. Have a great week. The warm air, the sounds of baseball. It's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia.